This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch. This is episode 248 of the Shattered Soulstone. PTR is finally coming. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulstonebooks2020. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, MP3 player, or your real man phone. It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020, and I, as much as I, it pains me, I am not, I'm still not dead greed. I'm still, um, I'm still Shazam as far as I, as far as I know. That's who I identify with today. Um, fortunately, fortunately, I'm not alone today. Um, I brought um, I brought a person that's been on the show before, and um, he expressed interest to come back on the show, and. When I was absent, he came on the show for me. So when Greed's absent, he's gonna be. A, he's on the show for Greed this week. So um, this is King Tut. Uh, thanks for having me, Shazam. I am, of course, one of Greed's second favorite type people. So I'm. I'm glad to be here. We got lots of exciting stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got. Um, we got the developer's blog, which came out literally the day after. No, what? I think last week's episode, I, yeah, I did that on Sunday. So, like, Monday, Tuesday it came out. And then, what, Thursday-ish, they dropped the PTR patch notes. So, in, like, the two weeks that I didn't have any, any news to talk about, God forbid they dropped, like, one of them things, but, um... It is what it is. So, um, let's get right to it, um, Tut. How's your weeks in World of Warcraft and, um, I guess, Diablo, if you have any? Yeah, I mean, my weeks of World of Warcraft have been amazing. I mean, the reality is, I, you know, I started this season and, you know, I rolled a monk and I wanted to... You know, I wanted to try the new set, and I played the new set, and 
you know, I got a GR100 done, and I got my Season Conquests, and, you know, got all the rewards and everything, and then, you know, I'm, I'm seeing these clears, and I'm starting to look at the leaderboard, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, it, it was just, it was insane to me how the Season theme had just changed everything so much in that it was it was totally being exploited to get these huge GR clears and then you know I'm seeing solo barbs and solo crusaders pushing GR 150s and it was just it it you know I had buddies that were playing World of Warcraft and I was like now's the time let me give it a go and I have been hardcore into World of Warcraft since you know we we all had we had alliance characters. We went, you know, U.S. East, Pagel server, PVE. Um, you know, I, I'm a barb guy at heart with Diablo, and so to me, warrior was the only option. So I rolled a human warrior. You know, it took me 16 days of game played, so that's 16 times 24 hours to get it to 60. Um, but I made it. You know, I found a great guild, God Tier Gaming. Um, you know, joined a raid team. You know, we we're, we have Anixia and Molten Core on farm. Um, we're getting ready for Blackwing Lair on February 12th. Farming, you know, farming a lot of arcane crystals to turn into Arcanite bars. Our our lead team, main tank, has both bindings, so we got him. We did a lot of Dire Mall East jump runs to get him his 100 Arcanite bars that he needs to craft Thunder Fury, which... What really bothers me is how amazing Thunder Fury is for a, a main tank in World of Warcraft. And all we do in Diablo is give it to our follower. Like, here you go, buddy. Like, if there was one item I wish that they could change in Diablo, and you know, they've mentioned that they're gonna, they're willing to change legendary effects on some of these weapons. Is, let's make Thunder Fury great. Let's make it the weapon that you have to have if you are doing a lightning build. And let's make more lightning builds you know, viable. It's like almost all the builds. I mean, there's tons of fire ones. Obviously, you know, you have Cinder Coat. You know, you have Mage Fist. You have these these items that buff fire. But like, let's get some lightning. Like, let's get some other elements going. Um, and let's make Thunder Fury great again, right? Like, I would love to see that to where like you know, and then we're you know, we'll, obviously we're going to talk about the new season theme. But like, this would be a great season because you know, you could you could do additional weapons. Like, you could throw that weapon in into a new new fresh build um but yeah that's my weekend gaming has been you know all wow all the time and i'm still loving it you know i don't regret the decision i'm you know i'm certainly going to come back for the next diablo season and i'm really looking forward to this this seasonal theme um but yeah that's how it's been how's your uh your week been shazam I have been all over the place. I've I played WoW for a little while. I um, retail WoW, not classic. I I, got, I think I got to level 25 on my my hunter, and then like I'm trying to catch up with leather working, and it seems like I keep getting further and further behind. And then and then cooking and stuff like that. And then I created a a um, shaman. Drenai Shaman, and she, she's, for some reason, I have her as tailoring and enchanting because I wanted a tailorer to make bags, because uh, in Airy Peak, the, the bags in uh, 
auction house are unbelievably priced. It's ridiculous. So I did that for like a day or two. And then I decided Wilson's coming out in literally two weeks. Let's learn a little bit about Wilson. So Saturday, Sunday, I I started playing Wilson again. I started with a range character and I did the whole beta, which is Act One of Wilson, on um, you know, on a range character, and then I got, I got like a, a unique item, which is basically, you know, legendary or whatever in Diablo Three, as a, a sword. So I decided to make a, you know, a melee character. And I started leveling one of them up last night, and um, yeah, so far it's fun. Like the the story, I think, is pretty good. For like Act One, like I was talking to Greg yesterday, like we were both in chat talking and stuff, and he decided he was going to start playing again. And I told him, I warned him, I was like. This first act's like six hours long, man. If your first time playing through it, it's like six hours. He's like, and then he goes and does like the first, it's basically the first dungeon. It's, um, I don't know, it's a cave or something like that. I can't remember. And like, he's like, man, you ain't kidding. He's like, I want to go to bed, but I want to finish, <laughs> I want to finish this part. He's like, it's like never ending. I go, yeah, I know. It's that's the sign of a good game, right there. Yeah, that, that's what we're all looking for. Is when it's not, you know, it's not a job. It's not a grind. It's you know, you, you know, you you lose track of time. It's like next thing you know, it's three a.m. Right? But you know, you were so engrossed and you, know, you were having such a good time. Like the supposedly the end game is kind of like um, greater rifts slash maps like you know the greater rift part of Diablo 3 versus like the map affixes of PoE like that's what the end game is that we all think that Wolfson's gonna be so what it seems like you know whenever you go to um, um, Soldiers of Fortune and every time I Every time I, I say Soldiers of Fortune, or every time I read that, I think of Deadpool. And I'm, it's ridiculous, but they had to, for some reason, they named it that, so whatever. Um, but yeah, that, it's basically, you know, my week in gaming in a nutshell. I played a little bit of Diablo 3. I got above 1300 Paragon. Um all because I wanted to finish the season journey so like I really need I really wanted to finish it and I just wanted to get it over with and I did that this weekend now I don't have to worry about it anymore I got the pet I got the, you know the portraits I got everything so that's basically um, that's basically it like this week is gonna be kind of, kind of nuts. 
because I have to build my mom's PC or my parents' PC either tomorrow or Wednesday because Thursday, Friday, it's there's no way it's going to be getting built because I got to come home and play PTR. But um, yeah, I'm building them a, a PC since theirs died a couple weeks ago. I'm going to obviously build it, put it together, and basically test it here for a couple weeks and then if it lasts without anything you know, screwing up or anything then I'll just give it to them and they can have it for like the next I don't know how many years but for some reason if it's if it's not if it's not old people proof like <laughs> they'll call me at dumb re for dumb reasons and I'm trying to make it I'm going to try and make it old people proof I'm going to have, try and have Google Chrome on the desktop. I'm going to try and have everything that they're going to want to use on the desktop or somewhere so they're not going to have to call me and be like, where's this at? Yeah, it's just nice to see people using, you know, desktops, not laptops. Like, I feel like everybody's turned into, they just buy these $400, you know, throwaway laptops nowadays. Yeah, I mean, you build them a good computer and, you know, as long as you're using good components, I mean, it should last. And if not, I mean something you know something individually will fail and you just replace it good to go this this is the weird part about my parent my, my dad's like i think my dad just turned 62 i think today and my mom's 60 i think she's 60 she turns 61 next month but like i i bought them an ipad like i don't know two three years ago for christmas and my dad refused to touch it right doesn't want nothing to do with it he says i don't know how to use it i'm not going to touch it so he goes in and, and just uses the desktop because he knows that so last fall i get up an ipad right i mean an iphone iphone 11 same thing as an ipad and he hates it immediately hates it a couple days later he wants it taken back he doesn't want it anymore you know blah 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 a week later, you know, a couple weeks after, a couple weeks, you know, go by, and I go home for like a holiday or something, and that's all my dad does is he's phone in front of him, and he's like a teenager again. He's like flipping through it and, you know, looking at Facebook and, you know, YouTube videos and all stupid 70s music that nobody listens to anymore because it's not the good 70s music it's the stuff everybody forgot about um yeah um so i don't think he still even touched the ipad anymore i haven't asked my mom in a while but my dad has his iphone so he doesn't have to worry about the ipad but for some reason they don't like doing banking and stuff on an ipad they'd rather do it on a desktop for whatever stupid reason that is yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I guess you could be one of those people where it's like, if you don't see, like, the McAfee logo and, you know, feel this, this safety net of all these various, you know, virus controls and everything, but yeah, it's obviously, it's no less, no less safe to be checking that, but yeah, my parents are similar, like, my dad started out with, like, you know, a black and white Kindle, and then, you know, kind of moved up through there, and yeah, eventually got to the iPad, and then, yeah, started out with, like, the cheapest of android based phones and yeah now you know he's all over his 
you know, you, he's real man fun. <laughs> uh, seems like every every woman that I follow on Twitter all has iPhones. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That, that's weird, right? It's, it is I mean, weird. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe that's the real woman phone. I mean, maybe we've cracked it. But but I I love my my iPhone and I will never buy an Android. I have one Android product and I'll never ever get another one. Yeah, honestly, I you know I had an iMac for for forever and it was amazing. And it's like I sat it on my um, living room table so that like I could watch my big screen TV and then had my 24 inch iPad over here so that I could do both things. Like it worked really good for like fantasy football on the iMac, watching football on the big screen and. You know, it lasted a long time, and then I had to throw a hard drive in it. And finally, the video card now is to where, like, I, I assume the cooling fan has failed or something something as far as the cooling for the card has failed because it only lasts, like, a couple minutes, and then it just, the, the display goes away. So, and I don't, I'm not even sure that you can replace video cards. Like, I, but like I still have it, and I still love it, and I still like looking at it. And then I have an iPad, an iPad, but, like, I mean, I bring it with me on trips, but I still, I mean, maybe I use it on the plane, you know, and maybe in the airport, but I also always bring a laptop. I still always gravitate towards the laptop in my cell phone versus, you know, the iPad, which is just kind of in the middle, right? Because, I mean, yeah, I have a, you know, I have a, what, S10 Plus, so, I mean, it's a pretty big, you know, pretty big phone as well. I mean, it's not iPad, but... Yeah, I just I don't find that much of a use for a tablet at this point. I use mine for work. It's about um, working YouTube videos on the um, on the old John. That's about all I use it for. <laughs> this is good for YouTube videos, John. I'll give you that. I I, I bought my iPad. You know my my old my iPad is sitting right here. I. I I really need to get a fix. It's an iPad Pro, like the big iPad Pro, and it just needs a charging port. But, like, that died before, like, a season start, right? Two years ago, it's actually, it's going to be two years old this month, and my newer one. And, like, that, I would sit here and play Diablo on my big screen TV. I would hook my iPad... Just Bluetooth to my my soundbar, which is directly underneath my camera right here, and I would listen to to podcasts while while I played Diablo, and I did that for like so long that I like couldn't like break myself from using an iPad on my soundbar and playing Diablo, you know, on my TV until. You know, God forbid, I just go on the Spotify and listen to the same podcasts without using an iPad, which I did that, you know, a year after I got my new iPad, but now I just have no reason to use an iPad at home other than just what I said, but other than taking it to work every morning with me. Because right now, you know, Chrysler Scan Tools is a website a website and something you plug into underneath the dash there's nothing else it's, it's what we come down to and then big and then um big brother can watch you while you're um 
while you're working on cars. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we kind of have the same thing. We have this thing that plugs into the OBD2 port for our range trucks that our squadron has. Yeah, they track everything so that they know, you know, whether you're speeding, all you do anything you're not supposed to do. So the, they try and get us to go easy. The whole range truck. <laughs> so, I guess. We're gonna have to get into the developer blog because, yeah, we need to go forward. <laughs> yeah. So on the 28th, uh, on the Diablo site, they posted developer insights, balancing, and class set. So I guess we'll just go over some of the finer points, Shazam. Yeah. Um. They basically, um, worldwide, they basically took, like, the top thousand players of every, you know, of Wizard, of Barbarian, you know, every class, stuff like that, did the great old average, and, um, they did that non-season versus season, stuff like that, and, um, this is basically what they found. Yeah, so uh, the most important thing is that it's it, they're talking about class balance here. So, you know, we all have our favorite classes. Sometimes we feel like our classes may be overpowered. Sometimes we feel like it's underpowered. But what they, they tried to give us was the mindset of how they determine whether a class is overpowered or underpowered. And this, this is not talking about how many different builds there are or what builds are being used or anything this is just pure this is the the solo gr level being cleared and i think the most important thing to take away from it is that it says when balancing we need a point of reference to work the ideal class set performance for diablo 3 is approximately a greater rift 130 solo and assumes the character is 5,000 characters. So, I don't know about most of our listeners, but I know that I have never gotten anywhere close to 5,000 Paragon. The highest GR I've ever cleared solo was a GR-123. So, this, this idea of basing performance around a goal that probably 95% maybe higher of Diablo 3 players have never even reached it bothers me it it I just I don't know like to me it should be based like at 1500 Paragon right like what are people doing at 1500 Paragon a, a reasonable amount of Paragon to reach in a season you know something that most people probably have non-season um what are your thoughts Shazam um I see it I see it a little differently than you and we didn't talk about this obviously beforehand. But okay, this game is nineteen seasons old. Nineteen. I don't know when they changed it to every character has a hundred paragon and that's the cap. I would assume maybe before season one. Don't quote me on that one. I didn't play Diablo during season one, I played it during 
Vanilla took a long, long break, came back on Season 11 on PlayStation, and then I obviously played Season 12 through current on, um, on PC. But just speaking of me in general, just me currently, I have, I think, 2,800 and some odd Paragon out of season. I will reach the 3,000 mark at the end of this season. But the last few seasons, I have very, very slacked off. Like, I should have, I should be probably at 3,500, like, right now. But again, slacked off. It's my own fault, not anybody else's. That, yeah, I mean, if I was able to put in the same effort that I'm putting into WoW right now, I would clear 2,000 in a season, for sure. That being said, me from playing season 12 to me to playing, I think, two seasons ago, I went from zero Paragon, or 100 or whatever, to passing Greed and passing a whole bunch of other people that played since season one. And, like, then you, like, a couple seasons ago, like, I'm scratching my head going, how did I beat that? Like, how am I beating, like, people that went to, like, since season yeah. one? And then, but, it, like, then it, like, dawns on me. These people only got, like, three, four hundred Paragon total in a season because you can only do GR 60 or 70 then, you know what I mean? Yeah, the big change was, what, 2.6.1, I think? That's when the damage modifiers went crazy, right? And so yeah. when GR 100s were tough, GR 100s no longer became, or GR 100s were now something that everybody could strive for and achieve. So yeah, I mean, that's a lot of GR level difference. That's a lot of extra Paragon being gained for every GR you clear. So yeah, it's almost like you got to separate like pre 2.6.1 and post 2.6.1 where everything just and it's just every season it's just getting more crazy right like we're getting more more modified i mean when you look like when we go over the ptr notes like everything is a modifier that's just increasing damage and we're talking you know we're not talking small amounts we're talking tripling damage you know quadrupling damage so yeah it's you know it, it's it's not even really comparable those those seasons since 2.6.1 which i guess would be the last one Eight seasons, seven seasons. Yeah, I think I was about season twelve or thirteen, somewhere on there. Yeah, those they've been huge Paragon. You know, I mean, I yeah, I only started in season sixteen. I mean, I hadn't played since seasons were a thing, and you know, already since season sixteen, you know, I picked up a ton of a ton of Paragon. So, but then also I have to look at like on the flip side is is when I was like playing like really dedicated I put a ton a ton of hours into this game like hundreds and hundreds of hours into like a season like hundreds and then yeah. not everybody does that and then like it like I'm like I'm trying and then you got like me 
and you obviously that like when we're like on our game we're on our game and we're like you know at least top 200 on the leaderboard if not higher like you did like top you know top top yeah top 50 crusader for that one see yeah and that was that was a lot of work i mean that was yeah i was playing diablo almost every day and still i only got to like 1700 paragon that season so I mean, no, nowhere near five thousand, nowhere near two thousand or three thousand. Like you know, I mean, the real good guys that are you know streamers or are playing eight hours a day and are not cheating and not botting and not doing anything like that yeah, they'll hit, they'll hit you know between two thousand and three thousand season. Um, no, they're higher than that right now. Yeah, way I mean, higher than that. Again, it's like the guys that. But I guess you still got to separate those guys into the ones that are primarily playing solo and the guys that are running GR-150s and formats, right? Yeah. It, or if you're doing rat, well, what used to be rat runs and now is, you know, could be rat runs, it could be barbarian runs. You know. there, there's still like the people that are doing the Paragon meta and the people that are just playing a lot, doing solo and stuff like that. Because, yeah, if you're... If, when you're clearing multiple GR-150s, you know, every day, the Paragon is certainly going to start stacking because it's, you know, it's like you think now, right? Like, so let's say you get 2,000 Paragon in a season. Well, when you add that onto your non-season, that, that 2,000 Paragon turns into what? 100? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like anybody that knows or has tried leveling a character in WoW Classic, right? It's like, when you start getting to those higher levels, it takes a lot to get another level or to get another Paragon. Um, but, you know, we're still... I'm, we're 5,000. 5,000 Paragon. I mean, and to be fair, there are people that have, you know, 10,000 Paragon non-seas. Those are the guys that are setting the leaderboard times, or not times, well, clears and times, you know, non-season, right? They're all going to have 9,000 plus Paragon. But if their goal is to hit 130 solo, assuming people have 5,000 Paragon, so if you had 5,000 Paragon, they expect you to be able to clear a 130. That's it? Yeah, I mean... I think I, they're on I, the mark. Yeah, I think 5,000 Paragon and 130, I think those two things are probably, you're right, I think they're probably on the mark. What worries me is that they are setting class balances and forming new sets based around that criteria that 95% of people will never hit and never reach. I feel like they should set things up for 1,500 Paragon and what a normal person could do if they put in a good effort in a season and then it should scale and i mean if it doesn't scale i don't care right i don't care what the guy doing with 5000 paragon is doing in non season that doesn't matter nobody cares about those leaderboards none of that matters all that we really care about is each season and its leaderboards and i just feel like if the reality of 3500 difference in paragon is going to set up change a build from something that is so squishy that you can't play it like a witch doctor to something that is you know 
has scaled to where like you now have so much damage reduction that you can play it like you don't even need to play defense anymore. It's just a question of can you kill these monsters or you know these demons in time, and that's the difference, right? At fifteen hundred Paragon, you know you need damage reduction. Like <laughs> you don't have crazy amounts of main stat. Like I mean, even if you have all GR one fifty, you know level gems and augments you still are not going to have enough main stat to where like you don't need to play defense or or worry about having damage reduction rings or damage reduction armor items so that's i think where it it bothers me when they state that like that's all they look at right like well i mean that's just that's not what most of us are doing it's like they're pandering towards these top elite people but here's here's my argument with that though what did you clear with your demon hunter a 121 uh i don't know i think with rapid fire the season i played it i think i only cleared like a 118 now i didn't go as hard as i did in the crusader season okay and what'd you do in crusader Crusader was a 123, um, and that was the season, that was the lawn season, right? Yeah. So, I didn't have to wear the lawn, whereas my Demon Hunter season was the season of the Triune, and the reality was a Rapid Fire Demon Hunter has no chance to use those rings because it's a channeling build and you're not allowed to. So, if the rings fell under your feet, okay. If they didn't, it didn't matter because you couldn't move to the rings. So... My Demon Hunter build was at a severe disadvantage, and that build fell, I don't know, seven to five to seven GR levels, because you lost a very important gem having to use the Lod gem, and you couldn't make use of the season five. But if you had 3,500 more Paragon, you could do a GR 130. I'm sure you could. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure I could too. I mean, it's already a tanky build, but so I could get rid of some damage reduction and go with more offense. Um, you know, maybe then you're able to work in, you know, something like a squirts or something to where you can you can take that damage from squirts and still not die, right? But but that's all they that's all they want though. Like if if you had that demon hunter and you had 3,500 more Paragon, you could do a 130. If you had that Crusader, even if you had the Lod gem on, you had 3,500 more Paragon, you could do that 130. So I don't understand where you're arguing. Like I don't understand where you're mad that they're basing, like they want they want the sets to fall at GR 130, assuming somebody has 5,000 Paragon. You're already above that. What I'm, what I'm concerned about, well, mostly for me, it comes down to damage reduction. It comes down to like the struggles that greed has, playing witch doctor or some of these bills that are just the only way you can clear these GRs is to be a glass cannon, and people not enjoying it, and thus not playing the class, or in those things. If you're if you're purely all you're looking at is is way up here at this GR one thirty level and this five thousand paragon level, where builds play different. It's 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 not a scaling thing. 
it's just the that builds and sets work differently because you have to you have to build them differently and you have to you have to do things differently because you don't have that main stat it's the fact that main stat with these high amounts of paragon scales so crazily and that main stat is not only for defense or not only for offense it's for offense and defense it's just it just it I mean, and I, you know, I don't know. It'd be nice if they had given us statistics, you know, that were different, right? That were at players that had 1500 Paragon or something and seeing how each class compares then, right? Like, it'd be nice if they at least had two data points that they were looking at when they're trying to balance class. Because it is, right? You know, the classes that are struggling right now, right, are Necromancer, Witch Doctor, and then... Um, Demon Hunter, which, which are all generally considered to be glass cannon builds, pretty much. You know, two of them are intelligence-based. Demon Hunter does have some tankier builds, so it's not as much. Um, obviously, Multi-Shot is more of a glass cannon type build. Um, and Wizard is still only up there because, you know, of the way Archon works in these Archon builds, where you get the shields and the toughness. Um, but yeah, it's just it it just when I read that statement that the ideal class set performance. So I mean, they're basically saying that all class sets like that's what they're built is to have to to be clearing GR 130s and for 5,000 Paragon levels. Well, as a player and as most players, that means well. So this is these sets like they're not even building these sets. For they're building these sets for these these guys that are doing crazy stuff. Where, you know, I just want a set that'll let me do it, have fun, and do a GR100 or do a GR110 with a thousand paragon. This, this, this statement here, approximately greater rift 130 solo and assuming the character has 5,000 paragon levels. That, all that is, is a nice way of Blizzard to, to say, without them flat out saying it. We don't want everybody to do a 130. We want top players to do a 130. Everybody else falls below that. If you do a 130 and you don't have 5,000 Paragon, great. You're, you're above the average. But it's just a nice way of them saying, we don't want everybody to do this because we don't want you to hit GR 150. That's basically, is, honestly, that's all it's saying. I'm just saying that I don't think it scales. Like, I'm thinking that the focus. I, I, I agree. It's just the scaling on the low end is going to be off on some of the stuff. And we found that these new sets they've added, you know, when they came out on the PTR, they were crap. I mean, they really missed the mark. They either they didn't have the damage reduction needed, or the damage output was so high. It's like they've been missing in these PTRs, and it makes me realize probably why they're missing so badly in these PTRs is that they're focusing on on things in the wrong way and that they're not that these things aren't scaling properly. I mean, think about the major changes, right? They come out with these changes to the Barbaral wind build and it's crazy strong. It's still strong, but they had to rein it back in. They they had to modify both the Crusader set and the Monk set after they first brought them out. So these are the first two new sets we've gotten in years and they missed the mark on both of them 
and had to modify them. So now we're getting a new PTR with more new sets. And when I read these things, I'm like, well, they're probably going to miss the mark again. And, you know, and it's going to get to the point where they keep missing these marks and especially shooting high. We're now like, well, the other old classes aren't even worth playing. Anymore. It's like you have to run the new class set or you have to run the newly modified stuff or you're not going to be anywhere near these GR levels because they're not changing the other sets. Like they're just setting these new sets to this super high standard of play. I think... I think their Crusader is going to be reined in, to be honest with you. And if it's I mean, there's nothing in the PTR notes other than the animation stuff. But, I mean, we'll get into the PTR. But, yeah, there, yeah. there's nothing in the PTR notes reining that in. Now, the Wizard, on the other hand, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so let's let's just so let's just get into the table, right? So this says, assuming a player is at 5,000 Paragon, which none of us are, here's where all the classes landed on average a few weeks into patch 2.6.7 for non-seasonal play. These scores are aggregated across player leaderboard data worldwide. So what I take this to be is that the top 1,000 leaderboard scores on you know the U.S. server, EU servers and other servers, you know, Asia servers, this is the average that they have, assuming a player is at 5,000. So I'm not even sure what that, but basically it says a barbarian averages a 130. So that hits the mark, right? They're saying that's what we want. We, we nailed the barbarian. It's, it's perfectly powerful. You know, guys are clearing GR 150s with it, but it's perfect. 130. Crusader 138. So... <laughs> Eight levels higher than the bar, right? So, yep. Crusader got major buffs. The they even had to rain the they rain the Crusader in before this season started. Remember that the shield had unlimited scaling and it no longer has unlimited scaling, and the bar Crusader's still doing one thirty. And this is without the seasonal buff. So this is not exploiting the angels or exploiting any of the things in the seasonal buff, right? So. Barbarian 130, Crusader 138, those are going to be your top dogs. Now we have your Demon Hunter at 125, so five five GR levels off. The Monk is at 130. Again, Monk got a brand new set. The Monk pulling a 130 is probably going to be done with the new set. Um, Necromancer at 123. I think once Bone Ringer got rung back in, I think we all agree that Necromancer is certainly down there. I mean, it's good for speed runs, good for rat runs. That's about it. Um, Witch Doctor 130. So, they haven't done anything with the Witch Doctor at all. And it's still doing a 130. Wizard's doing a 130. Um, they had, they did make changes to the popular solo witch, solo wizard build. Um, so they did rein in some of the wizard solo capability in the last few seasons. So, they have three classes that are at 130, or no, four classes at 130. So, I mean, obviously they tabulated this data so they can make it say whatever they want. Crusader's overpowered, the Demon Hunter's underpowered, the Necromancer's underpowered. You can't say the they two... didn't do anything about the Witch Doctor, though, because they changed all kinds of stuff for the Witch Doctor before this season, if you remember. I, I don't ever play Witch Doctor, so I don't 
that stuff, but that that's good. I mean, the my understanding has always been that Witch Doctor basically only has you know the poison dart build that it's squishy. Um, I don't know if that 130 is being set with any build other than that that build. Yeah, but that's the build they buffed. You know, they buffed all that. Yeah. They buffed that build to to make Witch Doctor viable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you talking about they buffed it? After the Lod season or the Lawn season, um, they buffed it for the Lawn season, right? Yeah, yeah, they buffed it for the Lawn season. Yeah, yeah, they haven't buffed it in the last two seasons. But yeah, they 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 gave it that new some new things that would work on uh, that season. So you know they're trying to say that hey, we nailed it. you know Crusaders overpowered, Demon Hunters underpowered, Necrons underpowered. But again, I, the focus here is that this is assuming. Assuming with air quotes, five thousand paragon, and this is non-season. Yeah. And then just for fun, they did a comparison table that was with the seasonal buff, and this is where they say where many players had reached five thousand plus paragon. I don't know how many players hit five thousand plus paragon in a season, but that's got to be like point one percent. I mean, I, I you know I don't know how those guys are. But, so the, here's how the numbers change, right? So Barbarian went 130 to 135. So what does that say? That says, says that the Barbarian is definitely utilizing the seasonal buff, and it's giving him five extra DR levels. The Crusader, 136. A Crusader lost two levels, right? So, you know, that's, that's a weird stat, right? I mean, maybe that's saying that the Crusader scales better with Paragon, right? I think they're full of it because if you look at the non-season and the seasonal leaderboards, of course, this is average now. Again, this is yeah. average. Both classes clear to 150. Yeah, I mean, 136 and 138 are still pretty close. We'll get into that that too. So Demon Hunter dropped down 1 to a 155. Monk actually picked up 4 levels. That's believable. I mean, the, the seasonal buff is definitely worth multiple GR levels. In my mind. Necromancer 118 again. That's probably because the people on the Necromancer leaderboard don't have anywhere close to 5,000. Witch Doctor dropped 10 levels down to a 120. Nobody's playing a Witch Doctor. That's probably a good part of it. Same thing with Necromancer. Like, there's probably nobody playing the spot. And then Wizard stayed at a 130. So, they're just, you know, it's a table to show which classes benefited from the seasonal buff and which classes probably aren't being played or being pushed. So the next thing they get into really is that they want all the classes to be within one to two greater rift levels. Like if they're within three to four greater rift levels, you know, they're not they're worried about it, but they're probably not gonna do anything. And if there's you know plus or minus five greater rift levels, then they're gonna make some change, right? So again when you go back to the table, the ones that are plus or minus five right now are the demon hunter and the necro. So, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but Demon Hunter and Necromancer are going to have to wait a little bit um, to, to have those levels kind of normalized. And then the next thing they talk about is the Greater Rift 150 cap. So, as I mentioned earlier, multiple classes this season did solo GR 150s. They have no plans of changing the cap or raising the cap. I mean, four mans can do it, three mans can do it, two mans can do it, one man. Um, using the seasonal buff again not 
not saying that it can be done without the season buff a solo effort. Then I want to talk about the, the next one, the, the ZDPS stuff, should there? Um,
some perfectly timed skills, a lot of times used through a macro, which is against the terms of service, um, to ramp up the damage of these these meteors off the bazooka with. So Blizzard knows this; they've known about it for a while. They're changing it for the next season. And then the other thing they mentioned is the stutter steppers, which I'm pretty sure that's people utilizing the type things like uh, which set is it the endless walk? It's the endless walk set, right? Where you get damage reduction or damage done based off of whether you're moving or not moving, and what yeah. there's pants too, right? Depth? No. No depth thickers are not it. Something else too that involves it, but the other thing I would think about is like the charge bar. Hexing where, pants. Yeah, hexing pants, or not the charge bar, but like the Raycor Hoda build, where you're essentially charging into a wall and building up your Raycor stacks to then spend them with your Hammer of the Ancients, where you know you're not you're not actively doing anything other than charging into a wall, not trying to attack the enemies, not doing anything to build stacks and then spend them, is what I would consider a creative game mechanic. So, what they also say is, our first area of concern will be disabling animation cancellation on certain skills, and they specifically mention the Crusader class. So, I think this had to do with how high the Crusader was able to do this season with the new set. I didn't actually play the build, so... I don't know how they're disabling these animations or what they're doing to, but most likely what it's doing is upping their attack speed somehow and allowing them to do an attack more off through some kind of cancellation. Yeah, if you if you have a pig sticker and then you throw your little um, beams down so you never run out of resource, you can literally just hold the button down and... Um, well, what the hell is it called? Um, holy shotgun! Like till your heart's content, and he'll sit there, and then it'll be like I don't know, like a Huda Barb, where it's like literally as fast as you can. You know, he's literally throwing these, you know, these rays out, and apparently they're basically getting rid of that. So every time you like, you can hold that button all you want. But he'll sit there and go through the entire animation, and then go through the entire animation. So it's literally essentially just slowing the just this one crusader skill down. So it's gonna possibly break the new um, the new set, you know. So we go back to playing it the way Blizzard intended us to play it in the first place. Yeah, I think what you have to understand is that some builds are attack speed capped, and some aren't attack speed capped. Sometimes attack speed, you could stack it all you want, and you're not going to end up doing any more damage, because sometimes, yeah, you're animation capped. Or there are other game mechanics that are going to limit how much damage you can do. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hammer of the Ancients, you know, like an Immortal King's Hammer of the Ancient build, yeah, that hammer swing starts swinging crazy fast especially when you have like little rogue slanderer um and so yeah it ultimately if you are doing something that is somehow canceling this animation and thus what they expected the attack speed to be is no longer it and you're buffing way past it 
you know, through like using uh, what's the weapon that like puts you into a serious like fury where like your attack speed goes crazy. Echoing fury. Yeah, echoing fury, right? So if you start like suddenly like stacking these things or doing these things that were not expected and you know getting getting these crazy attack speeds because you are doing some kind of animation cancellation then yeah they're gonna fix it essentially what they're saying so what i what i get from reading that is and you know you'll see some of it in the ptr notes is crusader you know they're changing they're changing the way that build's gonna work and the bazooka wizard is also getting getting nerfed and we'll we'll tell you how that's getting but we already knew that was getting nerfed. They'd already mentioned that in previous notes. They just did put it into this season. Yeah, pretty much. They've been they've been telling us they're gonna nerf it for a while. They tried nerfing it season nineteen, that didn't fix it. Just made everybody just do the macros. Then Blizzard knows everybody's on macros to do it, so instead of you know, banning everybody doing macros, you're just going to break the build so nobody can use it. Yeah, there's no way of getting around it. Let's put it that way. You want to just go into the PTR notes? Yeah, we might as well. Um, so PTR notes, it starts on Thursday, I would assume, at... I don't even know what time it starts, to be honest with you. Oh, it's not normal 7 o'clock, or...? Or just whenever the server's back up? Probably. Pretty much, because it doesn't say a time, so... Thursday at some point, February 6th, which you guys will be listening to this on Friday or later. PTR will be up by the time you guys see this, unless you see it on YouTube, which comes up usually on Thursdays. But, um, the, the new season 20 is supposed to be the season or the Forbidden Archives, which in return, your Kanai's Cube currently, right now, has a weapon slot, an armor slot, and a jewelry slot. Season 20... You're going to either have, and I read this wrong, and a whole bunch of other people read this wrong, and then they were bummed out because they read it wrong, and then they read it the right way, and they went, ah, what the F? So, essentially, you got one of each, right, in Kanai's Cube. So, Season 20, you could have three weapons, or three armors, or three pieces of jewelry. Or you could have two weapons and an armor. Two weapons and jewelry. Like, you can mix and match any way you want to. You're going to have three slots in Kanai's Cube. Use them for whatever you want to use them for. Yeah, the easiest way to think about it is when you go to Kanai's Cube and you click on your far left box, instead of only having weapon options you are going to have all your weapon all your armor all your jewelry options you go to your middle box you're going to have all three options you're going to go to your right box you're going to have all three options so 
That's you still got three spots. That's the key. You have three spots, but you can put whatever the hell you want in any of the three. Which is going to break things and is going to change things major. <laughs> me and a this me and a whole bunch of people read this as this means you could select three armor powers, three weapon powers, three jewelry powers, and then we quit reading after that. And we were like Holy shit! We can have so much good stuff. Uh, but then, like you read after that, and it's or any combination, therefore, across all categories. <laughs> yeah, the way the way to think about this is, let's say you're playing a build that you love, but it struggles to kill elites, and you're always been like, man, you know, I really wish I could use a furnace. Well, now you take away your armor slot and you throw a furnace. So now you have the weapon you're wearing, the weapon in your weapon slot of the cube, and you now have a weapon in your armor slot. Or let's say, you know, you're running a Captain Crimson's build and you you know, you have to have that stupid royal ring of grandeur in there and it's like you really like you're still like weak and you're dying and you're like, Man, I really need a unity And you're like, Alright, again, get rid of that armor slot, which I think the armor slot is probably the one that most people are gonna get rid of. And throw it, you know, throw that unity ring in your armor slot. Or let's say you're one of those guys like Shazam, who has to have Nemesis Brace. Like he has to have, them. he loves them. But some builds don't let him use them. Well, now, you know, maybe you don't need that jewelry slot in the cube anymore. Let me throw some Nemesis Brace. That's that's the way it's gonna play. You're probably gonna swap instead of having one of each. You're probably gonna have two of one of them, and you know. Maybe three of them. Maybe you're going to go with three weapons. Maybe you love the Furnace. Maybe you love that Echoing Fury. Or maybe you love Jeweler. Maybe you want, you know, a you want to run, say, like the Endless Walk set, which is going to take one. And then maybe you want a Flavor of Time in there. Maybe you want a Squirts. Maybe you want an Immunity Amulet. You know, that's, that's how it's going to change things in the easiest way to think about. Yeah. I I don't see a change in solo pushing though. I, I don't I don't see it. I think it's going to change some. I think small small changes of yeah, swapping get adding one extra ring. But yeah, I mean, let's think about it realistically. What's the most it could change? Things? You know, uh, uh, a furnace could change things 40% elite damage. Getting a Squirts in a build somehow could give you 100% more damage. Getting a Unity in a build can give you 50% more damage reduction. Getting Nemesis Bracers in can obviously help your GR clear levels because, you know, if you're hunting elites, there's more elites to kill. Those are the kind of things I think about making, you know, multiple, multiple GR level changes to a given build. I heard this out of two different, pe two different places. Heard this on the forums, and I heard this of um, watching Bloodshed's um, his um, Twitch thing before we did the show tonight. The um, Death Nova um, Necromancer. You could cube, I guess, all three um, weapons that you need for to max out the damage of like a Death Nova and. You just go to town and just annihilate everything, but you're just not going to have any 
<laughs> toughness. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I heard was the Necromancer of all the classes has, like, the most rings. So, you know, you could theoretically now wear five rings. So, you know, if, if you know, you could still run a focus and a restraint and then throw three rings in the cube. So, you know, it's those, those weird, those builds where you could do things that you could never do before that could possibly, like, gain multiple GR levels, get into crazy levels, because they're, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's weird to think that there are builds that could have, like, three or four weapons that, you know, really modify your damage, and that you could run all four of them. I mean, if you're dual-wielding, you could have five weapons, right? That's yeah. crazy. The thing that got me, that piqued my interest, and and it probably it's probably just going to be recycled, whatever season we're up to now again. I can't remember what recycled season we're up to. But it says two new seasonal rewards are available for players who fully complete season twenty journey including a new portrait frame and pet. And it says a new portrait frame and pet. So I don't know if it's going to be a recycled one. But it says it's new. So cross fingers Thursday, we know if it's going to be new or recycled. But last season, I think, or the season before, I can't remember, they didn't show any of this stuff, so we had no idea until the actual real patch notes came out and we were left all waiting yeah i mean all these the portrait frames from the last three or four seasons i mean you know you get a new one with each level that you complete and they all look about the same to me and you know i change mine each time i gain a level and then at the end of the season i rock whatever the the last one is but you know none of them like look super cool or they're not super tied into the seasonal theme or anything it's like there's a few of them you know that people have gotten over the seasons that are very unique looking and and look cool but i just these portrait frames are whatever i mean i like the pets i mean it's always nice to swap to a different pet there are a couple of uh quality of life things they mentioned in the top two just in that, you know, just like last season, the infernal machines and organs are now subject to vacuum pickup. So you don't have to click each of them individually. You'll just click up all of them. Just, you know, just a small quality life thing. Crafting plans from bounty caches are now guaranteed to drop unless all plans have been learned. So I don't, I mean, I felt like they already dropped a ton of them from every bounty cache, but I don't. I don't know what the drop rate changed to from to now be guaranteed, but bottom line is, if you do bounty caches, you should get all your your crafting plans as soon as possible. The reason they did that is because Captain Crimson gets stuck. Like it, I don't know if they glued it to the like the bottom of the cache, or like I don't like there's like blood soaked on it and it's stuck on there when it dried or something. So when you shake shake the bounty cash out and like your Captain Crimson set never comes out and you gotta do like hundreds of them and they still don't come out um I think that's why 
because Captain yeah. Crimson's for some reason never never drops for yeah. some reason. They must have some kind of like individual drop rate chance, and you know, just RNG being what RNG is, even if it has a forty percent drop rate, that doesn't mean that when you do it three times that you're guaranteed to get it. So it sounds like now, just kind of like you know, the way you get your your gems when you do GRs, like. You keep doing them, you're going to get all of them. It's not just a pure RNG drop rate chain. It's a guaranteed drop rate chain. So, you know, maybe maybe you get all of them. If you just do five rounds of bounties and you do every act, maybe at the end of that you'll have all of the, the plans. Nah, because it's based on what difficulty you complete them on based on how many plans you get. So, Yeah. The reality is you just keep doing them and eventually you'll get them. And I mean, that's what most of us do anyway, right? You just keep doing the bounties and eventually you're like, oh, I didn't get any plans this time. I must have all of them. Yeah, like, usually... Like, usually you gotta do... At the beginning of the season, you gotta do a bunch of bounties, whether it be Act 1 or Act 4 or whatever the other act is to get the Ring of Royal Grandeur or stupid stuff like that. Like, I can't remember... Or the, um, what the heck's the other ring? Um, the Avarice Band. Yeah. Like, like, we all need, like, at least a crap Ring of Royal Grandeur to throw in a cube. And we all need at least a good Avarice Band so we can, you know, run around, pick up gold, and have fun doing, um, you know, regular riffs. So we're going to do a bunch of bounties at the beginning of the season, and then we just all trail off, unless we're, you know, like you and do a ton of them every week <laughs> yeah i mean i yeah i like running my bounty just doing bounties well just keep running them but yeah i mean it most of us do them as part of the seasonal journey as well you know you get the get to max level start working on your journey start killing things doing bounties. i think it's always part of the level but yeah do whatever whatever level you can the higher the better the the more bounty match you'll get out of each bounty cash. But yeah, at the end of the day, hopefully everybody, you know, it's not like last season where they made sure that the Lod gem would drop, drop early. You know, they're not saying that Captain Crimson's, which is probably the one plan that everybody really wants. You know, but Captain Crimson's and All Guild are probably the two that, you know, actually get used the most. Obviously, you got to go kill Malfield to get traps. That's the only other plan. It does drop a pound cash. Yeah. Every now and then, like when you do, I can't remember who you kill. I think it's the odious, right? No, but I'm saying like Earlzale or one, like one of them guys. Like they'll sometimes they'll drop the staff of hurting, and you're like, why did they drop this? And then like you just throw, you know, you just give it to your blacksmith, and you never use it, but. Every now and then in the season you get that plan. And I know it doesn't come from Bounty Cash. I know it's coming from like one of the bosses in the game. Yeah. And then the only other way to get them. Yes. Yeah, that's a good that's a good place to get them leveling to 70. Yeah, I mean you could theoretically get one on your way leveling, right? Get a goblin pack or you know, and then just happen to get Captain Grimsley. That would be like 
up depending but next thing in the notes they just got one small note for classes then it's the crusader which we've already talked about then it says heaven's fury which just happens to be the build that they set up last season and what do you know it says the animation for the fires of heaven room can no longer be cancelled early so there you go there's your there's your nerf to the crusader I'll I'll even copy my character. Oh, crap! I think I deleted him. But I was gonna say I'll even copy my characters over, and just try it and see how slow it is. But I think I deleted that guy, so I can't do that. I'm I'm sure people are gonna be complaining about it, just like the next. No. Yeah, I mean, if it's your favorite build, people are always. It's, it's just the reality. It's like. I'm glad that I didn't play the Blessed Shield Crusader before they nerfed it, so like I never got the chance to complain about it. That's that's one of the reasons why I don't like playing the PTR. It's I just like it doesn't really matter, and there's no guarantee that when the season actually starts, that any of the stuff we're even reading to you right now will still be the case. I mean, they yeah. could decide that maybe we maybe the animation canceling was okay. Who knows? I mean, I don't see them doing that, but yeah, I mean, the reality is that. They saw a problem and they're fixed. The next, um, the next thing that got the bat is Manila channeling, and this is, this is gonna affect Bazooka Wizard, I think. But this is gonna affect every channeling build <clears throat> that is out yeah. there currently today. Bonus granted by this item now occurs one second after channeling has begun so we talked about how bazooka wizard currently uses a macro and that macro is so that these skills this channeling can occur in this small window of time to get this huge damage increase well the easiest way that blizzard found to nerf this is just say all right that first second you don't get anything so in the end of the day while it is a DPS decrease to, you know, a whirlwind barb that's a channeling build, the rapid fire demon hunter is a challenge is a channeling build. You know, losing the DPS, the buff for this one second at the end of the day is not really going to matter because those builds you tend to channel for a long period of time, right? As long as you're whirlwinding, as long as you're shooting those grenades out with the rapid fire. You're channeling, you're doing your DPS. Um, and generally, a lot of those builds, they build more DPS up the longer you channel. So, like, you don't want to stop channeling. But this this will nerf the Bazooka Wizard, and this is not the only thing that will nerf the Bazooka Wizard, as you will see later on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over the Barbarian set, because um, currently it is my favorite so far. This... Um... This PTR, I'm not going to be playing the other two. I know Greed is saying he's playing Witch Doctor, which, you know, can't keep Greed away from a Witch Doctor. God forbid he go more than two seasons without playing a Witch Doctor. Yeah, and you can't keep Rona away from a Wizard as much as yeah. you might, might want to deny it. He will be playing the Wizard and he will be playing the new build, I'm sure. 
But Barbarian got a new um, class set. It's called Horde of the 90 Savages. Um, Two-piece bonus doubles the effectiveness of shouts. Feared enemies take double damage. Um, people so on what? people on the forums are hoping and praying that that feared turns into like impaired, like slowed, you know, immobilized, like all them things. Uh, not feared. I don't think so. I I think it's gonna be feared only. And when I see this, I think, can I work a two piece into? one of my zero DPS builds, right? Again, the, a ZDPS barb, its sole job is to improve the DPS of the other people, and if, if my battle shout is double the effectiveness and I have a way to fear enemies and then have them take double damage, now, you know, that's huge. Like, to me, this screams zero DPS. Work, somehow working it in. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, if you can find a way as well in push build, obviously you're going to have the two components anyways. Yeah, when I read that, I'm like, I got to find a way to fear enemies. Like, I have to have something fearing enemies. Yeah, there's... There's a passive for that, I believe, on one of the skills. You can fear enemies. There's a chance to fear. Yeah. And, the, I mean, there are downsides. I mean... The downsides to fearing things is that they run away from you. You know, most a lot like you think about like a pull barb, right? Well, a pull barb's job is to pull things in, and fearing is sending things away, right? So it, it's I, I kind of like that in that it's it's the opposite of what we're used to doing. But I mean, double damage is double damage. That's crazy. I mean, in in a world of Diablo scaling, double damage is crazy. Four-piece bonus. Each stack of frenzy reduces damage taken by five percent. So, um, yeah. By, by default, frenzy stacks five times. So Correct. you'd be looking at twenty-five percent damage reduction. And frenzy stacks really quick. So it's not one of those things where it'll take a long time to get stacks. But it falls off too. So I mean. You know, you, you have to hit something to get your frenzy stacks, so you will be vulnerable while getting your frenzy stacks. And the six-piece set, frenzy deals 1,000% increased damage per stack. So that is, what, um, 25,000, right? Well, by default, it'd be 5,000. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not using anything else and you're just straight frenzying, five thousand. Now, what Blizzard has done is most of your set bonuses give somewhere between ten thousand and twenty thousand damage. So when you read that, you're like five thousand. Well, that's not a lot. So, at, you know, we'll get into the other chains that are going to make that bump up. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll, s yeah. The Undisputed Champion, it's a belt. Um, we've always had it. It um, Frenzy gains the, the effect of every rune. That's what currently it's on there right now. Next, it's going to have, it's going to deal three to 400% increased damage. So you're getting every rune and it's adding three to 400% more damage to 
um, frenzy. So we're currently at what, 5,400 um, damage right now? Yeah, so frenzy swings for 220 weapon damage, attack speed increased by 15% for each swing, and it stacks five times. So frenzy on its own does 220 damage, has 75% attack speed increase, which is pretty crazy, and stacks five times. So that's with all five stacks. This is going to give you all the runes, so now you're going to get each strike has a 25% chance to throw a piercing axe. It deals 300%. That's not really anything. Berserk increases fury generated to 6. So this is a generator build. Frenzy is a generator skill. You will now be generating 10 fury per attack. Um, Vanguard gained 5% movement speed for each stack. So this is a speed build now, essentially, because you're going to, you, you know, you're gonna have as much as 50% extra movement speed. Smite, each hit has a 30% chance to call down a bolt of lightning from above stunning, so it's now a stun build. And Maniac, each frenzy effect also increases your damage by 2.5%. So, there you go. So now if, if it stacks five times, you know, and if it's stacking 10 times, that's another 25% damage. So that, while that, gives a straight damage modifier to frenzy it's also giving crazy amounts of of other things this in that it gives every room oh yeah and then the last item for the barb is bastion's revered which was a two-handed mighty weapon that um it made frenzy stack up to 10 times that's what it currently does right now. But um, as a PTR, each additional hit will chain to any enemy within 15 yards and its damage is split between all affected enemies. So it becomes a, not a single target build, it becomes an AoE build. Yeah, which is... So like when you think about Frenzy when you're leveling your bar frenzy is a skill that a lot of people use leveling the downside is you can only attack one right you've got your cleave attack that attacks more than one or you've got your frenzy attack that does crazy attack speed and hits a single enemy really hard well now not only do you get that it's the frenzy goes from five stacks to ten stacks it turns it into what basically almost every legitimate push build for solo needs to have an AOE effect. It needs to have a way of hitting more than one enemy. I mean, anything that doesn't has to become an elite hunter build because you just you can't kill trash. And if you can't kill trash, you have to hunt elites. Well, this means you can kill trash. Because not only are you going to have barbarians, battle rage, bloodshed, room, you're going to have you're probably going to still stack area damage, and you're also going to have this chain effect that's going to be damaging all enemies essentially within 15 yards and that's why I don't want the two piece set bonus to be feared enemies now take double damage because they're all going to be leaving anyway so like all the enemies yeah, you I got there are all going to be gone. I, I think it's going to have to be a double mechanic right you're going to have to fear and then Remember what I just said on one of the runes, right? The the smite rune. 
it stuns the enemy for 1.5 seconds. So what if you fear them and then immediately stun them? Yeah. Now you're working the mechanic, right? You're working both effects, and you're getting that double damage, but they're still not able to run away from you. Isn't there, isn't there a piece of jewelry or something where it says feared enemies or whatever jump up and down in place for X amount of time or whatever? Yeah, it's the one that's different for every class. They just change the wording on it. I don't remember what it's called. But yeah, I think all classes have it. and It's like if... But it's not if feared. I think it's... Isn't it tied to like using a certain skill? Oh, I don't know. Like if Wrath of the Berserker or something. Maybe I don't... I think that's what... I think it's tied... Or like with Demon Hunter, it would be... Um, what's the demon hunter skill? The long with the long cooldown. Um, can't think of it. It's whatever. It's whatever the skill is that puts you into a high damage. You know, like Wrath of the Berserker for Barbarian. Um. Yeah, we put Dawn... Akarat's champion for Crusader. Yeah, we put Dawn in the cube to learn. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, every Demon Hunter build pretty much relies on being in that 100% of the time. A lot of your barbarian Ven builds want to stay in Wrath of the Berserk. Vengeance. Yeah, vengeful. Want to move on to the next build? Yeah. The witch doctors get one, which is greets Mel himself back from Netflix's studio to to play this freaking stupid this this freaking set. It's Mondanugu's regalia, which is um, two piece set bonus gives big bad voodoo now follows you and lasts twice as long. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a Witch Doctor player, but all I remember is that Greed was always, like, waiting for Big Bad Voodoo to be up. Or needing to use Big Bad Voodoo to get his stacks or do other things. So, follows you and lasts twice as long sounds pretty good. Right? Yeah, there's a big circle on the ground, yeah. Four-piece bonus gain 50% damage reduction for 30 seconds when you enter the spirit when you enter the spirit realm. Yes, greed. You don't need soul har you don't need soul harvester on this build. You yeah. can get it on a four-piece set bonus. Yeah, and the reality is that every single witch doctor is gonna. Yeah, I mean you're always doing your spirit walk. You're you're gonna do your spirit walk whenever it's off cooldown. And that comes off cooldown every, I don't know, what, six seconds or something? And I mean, this gives you 30 seconds. So that's crazy to me. Like, think about that if, like, that's the way the damage reduction was for, like, every other one. Like, all the other ones, like, you have to time it, right? Like, like you, you get, like, a two-second window where you need to use the skill or you lose your damage reduction. And this is going to last for 30 seconds. That's crazy. I that's going to, I mean, that's so amazing. It should, I feel like that should be like 10 seconds. I can't wait for the Demon Hunters build because I can see gain 50% damage reduction for 30 seconds when you vault. 
Yeah, and we're vaulting all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Thirty seconds. I, I don't I don't know where they came up with that number because you can spirit walk a lot lot quicker than every thirty seconds. And here's where um, here's where we something we haven't seen in a in a build or anything like ever in um, Diablo. Um, the six-piece set bonus. Spirit Barrage deals increased damage equal to 50 times your mana regeneration per second. Yeah, this is something that I think could get crazy scaling. And yeah, that's... I can't, I can't think of anything else that's, that's... I mean, well, I guess you think about, like, the Demon Hunter and the damage being tied to your maximum amount of discipline but that's the only other skill I can think of that's tied to a stat like that right yeah I mean I guess there's some other stuff weird stuff with fury barbarian too but yeah that's I mean you're, you're gonna want mana regen everywhere you get it right yeah you're gonna be stacking mana regen out the wazoo <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like when you play the Demon Hunter, where like it's not optional. Like you need the extra discipline wherever you can get it. You have to have. It. Yeah, you need twelve so. discipline and no, no less, <laughs> no less than twelve. Um, the barber they changed that. Instead of dealing direct damage, your spirit barrage now accumulates on a target. When you stop casting, it explodes dealing. It used to be um, 225 to 250% damage. Now it does 4 to 500% um, accumulated damage to all enemies within 15 yards. Yeah, so that's basically doubling it. Yeah, basically. Gazing Demise, which is obviously an offhand. Spirit Barrage gains the Phantasm Ruin. Each act of Phantasm lasts, and here's where it changes, lasts twice as long, increasing the damage of Spirit Barrage by 100 to 150%, and also increases the attack rate of... I don't know what the heck that word is. Spectres. M-A-N... I-T-O-U? I don't know. Yeah. I have not played not played Witch Doctor enough to know how the increased attacker... I mean, I would assume that they're not, like, major damage dealers, but I don't... I mean, if, if the attack rate of these things is tied to getting, you know, mana per second, maybe, that would help a lot, then, I would think. That That's my guess, is that somehow these things regenerate mana. Yeah. And they also change now also rolls with crit hit chance instead of life per second. So instead of having a crap roll, obviously always <laughs> on this thing, you're always going to have a good roll. Yeah, I can't think of any build where life per second is something that you actually want, right? Can you think of one? No. Yeah, it's it's never it's never it's always the thing you want to roll off if if you have always. Yeah, that's a nice quality of life. 
And the other new set is Wizard, which is going to be Rona's favorite. And a few other people's The Typhoon's Veil. Two-piece bonus doubles the duration of Hydras and increases the number of heads of multi-headed Hydras by two. So, in other words, that one ruin, that one rune of of your Hydra um, skill, it isn't going to do crap for it to use any other one except for that one that only has one head. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, the reality of this build has become that you want as many Hydras with as many heads as possible for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, Four-piece set damage taken is reduced by 8% for each Hydra head alive as long as there is one available. Each time you take damage, a Hydra head dies. Yeah, and I think this this ties into the way the wizard class works with its shields in that it has built-in abilities to not take damage. Same way in that it can try and utilize the Squirt's Necklace. You're going to want to make sure that you've got your shields up and that you're not taking damage so that you're not losing, losing your damage reduction and your damage. The six-piece set bonus... Hydras deal 1,000 increased damage for each Hydra head alive. Yeah, so I don't know what the maximum amount of Hydra heads you're going to be able to have, but I would assume it's in that 10 to 20 range. Yeah. And they, up, they changed some of the, um, the weapon, Serpent Sparker, which is a legendary wand. You may have one extra Hydra active at a time, and they deal 450 to 600% increased damage. So you get an extra Hydra, so you have two, I think, right? And they deal 450 to 600% more damage. The Magistrate, which is a wizard hat. It used to be Frost Hydra. Now it's all Hydras. Now periodically cast Frost Nova and deal 450 to 600% increased damage. So they're essentially freezing everything that's around them. Yeah. Just another skill to help the wizard not take damage and not lose Hydra heads, is the way I read it. Yeah, and it's also up in the damage, yep. And here... <laughs> back to Bazooka Wizard. Yeah, back to Bazooka Wizard. <laughs> anyway, the the before we get into Bazooka Wizard, I don't understand why Blizzard called this build the Typhoon's Veil, why don't they do the Marvel thing and call it Hell Hydra? Because it's like the perfect name for it. And, you know, any other name, I don't know. Well, I was told it was like Typhoon's. It's like somebody's name versus like a Typhoon. 
but I'm not big into lore, so I'm not sure who Typhon is. But yeah, I agree that, I mean, if you're doing your damage with Hydra, it would be nice to have a tie-in to, uh, to that, but I'm sure Blizzard doesn't want to get into any kind of trademark infringement or any other thing. There's stuff in their games that's tied to pop culture. I'll say that <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly been, yeah, their name thing, other So Bazooka Wizard, at Sigil, the bonus granted by this item now occurs one second after channeling has begun. So not yeah. not not only is channeling delayed by a second, but now. The bonus from the etch sigil is delayed by a second. Yeah, so, you're gonna so notice it's two seconds. Strange, yeah, you're gonna notice a strange theme here, right? That all these things occur one second after channeling has been done. So it's you're like, hmm. It's like that one second must have been very important. And as mentioned, the reason they were macroing is because things needed to occur in that one second window, and it was important and it, you can't do it anymore. So now in that one second window where all this damage was being done, all these damage multipliers from Mantle of Channeling, the Etch Sigil, and the Death Wish are no longer going to occur in that one second window, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, so after you get the, the damage bonus from Mantle of Channeling, a second after that, You'll get the rest of your bonus back from Etch Sigil and um, Death Wish. Yeah, which at that point will be too late. So. <laughs> yeah, the reality is that the Bazooka Wizard as the ultimate trash clearing build for GR150 formats. Um, I assume that it's going to change into, you know, other builds such as the Crusader or the Barbarian um, are going to be brought on, or even the Witch Dog to, uh, to kill Trash. Yeah. They did, um, did a bunch of bug fixes too, which I don't think we need to really go into them because... I mean... Yeah, the main thing is the, the quality of life thing, right? That, you know, throughout the season, there were issues with adding or removing players to a group and starting new games. And it sounds like they've finally hit on whatever they broke and have found the solution. And hopefully next season, we will go back to a couple seasons ago where we had no issues forming groups or changing groups or doing anything like that. We'll blame that on the WoW Auction House, too. Everything else is blamed on the WoW Auction House. We'll blame that on it, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's the D3 Auction House. But, like, there was so much broken stuff with the new patch in, in, <laughs> in um, World of Warcraft, and everybody's like, it's the Auction House. I know it. 
Uh, I guess it could be a, it could be bleeding over. It could be that Warcraft three stuff somehow bled in like bad issues and it bled over into Diablo. I think it's funny that they um they actually talked they actually released a statement about that today. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I just I can't believe how crazy that stuff got this over the course of the weekend and late last week. Yeah, the um point eight user score on Metacritic is um I guess it got. Yeah. I guess it got to him. I did a YouTube search just so I could try and figure out what the issue was on. Uh, you know, it just typed in like Warcraft three and like the top ten videos are all don't buy this game, don't buy this game, request refund, don't buy this game, don't buy this game. I mean, I even heard like I was on the the WoW Classic Reddit today and the guys were having people like leave their guild over this in WoW. Like they just like. Warcraft 3 pissed them off so much that they don't want to, you know, cancel their WoW subscription. Like, even though it's a completely separate game, you know, it's that, that crazy overreaction. You know, the same people that, oh, you know, when Diablo Immortal came out, they're like, oh, I'm not playing D3 anymore. You know, crazy overreactions. And the reality is, it's, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think we all knew that they were having issues. The reason, you know, you guys pre ordered this game like what years ago i mean over a yeah. year ago yeah so yeah. the the fact that they were taking pre-orders and it took this long to even get it to come out would lend you to believe that yeah they were having some issues and maybe it's a manpower issue but what i what i've come to you know we think about blizzard as being this great you know not blizzard soon and we don't release things until they're perfect and the reality is you know Diablo 3 released and it certainly wasn't perfect and they worked on it and it became the amazing game that I love today and you know I'm sure they will get Warcraft 3 to where it needs to be they've already said that they have a patch coming out soon and you know you know it sucks but you know mistakes were made and things happen and I'm confident that eventually Warcraft 3 Reforged will be an amazing game There's a lot of games that have been launched that weren't perfect by Blizzard. Whether it be server issues, whether it be, you know, games broken. Obviously, this this game being broken far exceeds, like, any other thing that, you know... Everything else is basically server stuff like that, like Diablo 3. Still a meme today. Um, World of Warcraft, back in the day... When you originally started um, server problems games down for like a week at a time just for them to try and fix the game fix the server stuff like that but um, at the end of the day Blizzard has made right with their players countless 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 times um, I can't say that for any other developer other than Blizzard whether it be EA EA can sit there and take a billion dollars in microtransactions the last quarter and still release game after game after game that's utterly crap give one 
one good game in years. One good game that the, just everybody wanted to play. Ten million people wanted to play with the with the new Jedi game, and you know everybody's like, you know, now EA is like this big thing. No, they're still like the greedy people that they are. It's just they released one good game. Um, the like um, what the heck's the other the the Fallout seventy six people. There's their their subscription is almost as high as freaking World of Warcraft, and like you go into like your pri your private server, and it's already looted by the people that had that private server right before you got there. Like that's like that's the greedy companies that like you need to like watch out for. Like Blizzard, at the end of the day. We'll fix this, and they will put out the good product that Blizzard's known for. Yeah, but if they would have delayed this game six more months, you would have seen on the forums, oh, they delayed this game six more months. This is BS. We've been waiting years for this game. You know? Yeah. So what? I bought the game back in, like, 2001 or whenever the game came out. I could wait a little bit longer. I wasn't worried. But, um, yeah. you know, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's the same thing with D3 and D4, right? Like, <coughs> D3 is a great game, right? And, and they're doing great things with it. I mean, this, this new season, I think, is going to be amazing. They're adding new class sets. Like, they're still giving us content. And I don't want D4 to come out until, you know, until it's ready and, and bring it out. And even then, will it be perfect? No, it probably won't be perfect. It, it, you know, but I don't care. I mean, I'll be playing it, and I'll get the best I can out, and and I have confidence that ten years from that date, it'll be it'll be an amazing game, and I'll hopefully I'll still be playing. Right? Tell me, tell me one company that you people know of, one company that still has servers, live online servers that are available for a game that they launched in two thousand. What, what company? Yeah. What company? The fact that you can still play D2 is kind of crazy to me. Like, that's mind-boggling. Like, the fact that they still care about Diablo 2 enough to leave the servers open and still have reset the leaderboards and start new seasons and stuff like that is unbelievable after 19 years. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and StarCraft 2 is another good example. I mean, again, that's a game that came out a long time ago, and I, I still, it's to me, it's still the best real-time strategy game there is. I still love watching YouTube videos of it, and that game is as good as it's ever been. Like, it's small tweaks now that they do to try and maintain the balance between the three races in that game, and you know, it, it's great. And yeah, it, you know, it came out a long time ago, and they're not, you know, I mean, sure, they have small you know cosmetic and announcer things that you can buy but you know they're not making money off that game they're not making money off d3 <laughs> but here we are talking about a new ptr and new sets and a bunch of development going into something that you know has been out for a long time and it's it's like i apologize for going on this rant but like there's so many people that blast blizzard that like have no reason to it's like 
looking looking at something through rose-colored glasses, going, "Blizzard sucks. Blizzard sucks. I can't believe they re- they didn't release. They're not going to release any games this year." You know. At the end. Yeah, they might not release any games, but I can tell you they're releasing D3 content. They're releasing StarCraft 2 content. They're releasing WoW Classic content. They're releasing WoW content. Yeah, like, a new, um, I mean, new expansion at least. Yeah. So, you know, there's and a lot of that stuff that, you know, they're producing that there's no even income stream from. And that that's so that, you know, they're still giving us stuff that we can play and, and new content and yeah while still working on these new big titles and and you know they brought warcraft 3 out and they thought it was the right time and it you know i'm sure they will continue to add everything that they promise i, I can't see blizzard you know over promising and under delivering in the long run yeah yeah i completely agree when it's all said and done, it'll be fixed. Call me a fanboy, call me what you want, but... Still no better company, and I don't, I, I don't care what Activision does. Activision does what Activision wants to do. They only have, what, one franchise right now? Two if you count Candy Crush. Um, you know... When people stop playing Call of Duty, Activision's gonna be in worse shape than freaking Blizzard is, I'll tell you that. I would agree with that. But, um, yeah. Um, if you guys like lore and want to learn about new lore in the game, <laughs> um. Solid transmission, solid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go to bookagen.net. Um, she just released her what nineteenth, um, her nineteenth episode about the Injurious Council. It's kind of ironic. I talked about it a couple episodes ago, and um, now she releases a um, a um, you know an episode about all about the Injurious Council. So if you go to bookagen.net, um. Give it a listen to. It's only about 15, 20 minutes. And, um, yeah, you learn more about the, the game that you're here to listen about. So, you know, there you go. Um, there's a bunch of blue notes, but it's basically all about people talking in the forums and stupid stuff like that about, you know... The normal stuff that uh, trolls on the freaking forums talk about. There's one post. There's one people. They're complaining about the season um, theme. Obviously, they read it wrong. Another butt sore about um, how it really is, and they feel it's underpowered. And at some point, you have to stop the creep, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are you going to be doing 150 solo? No, you're not. They overshot. They they admitted that they overshot on the theme last season, but they're okay with that. But yeah, don't expect them to be like overshooting, where you can do GR150 solo because you're not actually killing the things and the seasonal buff is killing, right? 
Like that's what that was part of the, the thing that was in that developer note. Like this is going to be an amazing season, and I look forward. To it. Yeah, I um. Hopefully, cross fingers, my my Diablo fans build comes into fruition on Thursday, <laughs> and um, it's awesome as as all can be, and I'll be happy if um. I'm at least better than half the builds that are on Diablo fans about a frenzy barb for season 20. But, um, yeah, I'm gonna do my first freaking build on Diablo fans, um, about the frenzy barb. What are you gonna spend all your internet money on from your Diablo fans build? Um, nothing. There's, there is no money. (laughs) (laughs) But you do have a Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash soulstone. <laughs> Greed's, um, Greed's favorite thing. Though. So if, if you like Shazam's Diablo fan build, you can go to patreon.com and support the show. Yeah. And his Diablo fans build. Best Frenzy Barb there is. Look it up. Yeah, if you look at my, if you look at my Frenzy Barb build and you clear 120... I want $120 for every one of them on 20C clear. <laughs> Man. Patreon stock's going to be up. No pressure. Let's wait and see. Uh, do you have anything else? Anything else for the show, um, Todd? Not that I can think of. Thanks for having having me, and I'll be more than glad to help co-host while Greed does witch doctor like things and comedy things in real life. Got that, you know, got that nice new contract and doing big things. Yeah, he's talking about talk. He's talking yesterday about um, about going on this week, talking about. Um, Knowing what knowing what you have in the mail that you don't want people to know that you have in the mail. Hint hint nudge nudge nudge. Um you know. And I don't know, he's he's enjoying it and more power to him. Again again he needs some time off. He's been doing the show way too long without a break, so it is what it is. I'm a lot happier. I'm a lot. Um, I'm not melatonin with this episode. I'm, you know, with, with an extra person on here. Yeah, definitely always better to be talking. Um, would you like to close the show, sir, or do you want me to close the show? I would love to close the show. <laughs> So I'll be <laughs> I'll be like um, greed, and I'll say goodbye to I'll say goodbye to all the listeners now, and um, t- you can say goodbye and close the show. <laughs> You've been listening to episode 248 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. With your support, you can help the show grow, become a Patreon today, 
at patreon.com slash soulstone. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as on the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. They love Twitter. Come join and tweet with them. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone. Dead Greed is at Dead Greed 1812, and Shazam is at Shazam081. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at www.thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, over 247 episodes for your listening pleasure. Dawnforge! Dawnforge! <laughs> My favorite part. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.